You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. Get off my lawn! <laughs> oh, man, that was an unnecessary shot. <laughs> it was, dude. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> Anytime you want to throw a little ageism joke out there, I'm I know, in. Right? You know yeah, I'll back yeah, you. Matt. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. What are you more hyped about as we get into almost football season, even though it is a gajillion degrees outside? outside. I mean, it is like yes. a gajillion. Easy. It is. It is. It's only going to get worse. Yeah, tomorrow there's So, what, so are you coming warning. in topless tomorrow, Matt Hamilton, as you take Bottomless. top today? <laughs> but it won't affect you guys on the stream because I'm sitting at a desk. <laughs> or us, because you'll be removed yeah. from the office. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just... I think that testing my boundaries. Once I come in without pants on, I'll know that that's not allowed, and I won't do it again. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Apparently, this might be Matt's last day on the show. Linger on your fingers. Linger on your fingers. Oh man, how are we feeling about that, Alex Strof? Eh, I don't think so. So I wanted to get into. But now I'm worried about talking about being excited with Matt Hamilton here. But, like, he's coming in bottomless tomorrow. Fair point. (laughs) But I wanted to ask the question, Packers offense or Badgers offense? Like, what are you more excited about this year? Because this Badgers offense is completely new. New scheme. I feel like 50% of the personnel is new, or at least feels new. And especially when you account for how deep they'll be at wide receiver, there's so much excitement and I would say expectations for this offense. You have a quarterback who has been proven to be able to do it at college football level at you know nearly Wisconsin level. I guess uh, SMU maybe not power five. Are they power five school? They're not. They're not. So I mean, right below the power five. But even think. if those numbers are, but they were playing. The like conferences TCU. are changing there's like so all much the time now. I don't know. Right. So, like, I think they. TCU was in their division, though, for a while. And I don't think that's a power. I don't know where anyone is yeah, anymore, Matt Hamilton. I'll be honest. Yeah, that's, they're, in the, they're in the AAC. So okay. No. Okay. So, because it changes so much. I know the FAU just went into the AAC. So, like, that's about all I know. Welcome to the big leagues after yes. that Final Four run. Yes. And their, their football coach is Tom Herman, the old Texas yeah. coach. So, like, you know, there's a, maybe something there. We'll see. But what has you more excited? Because the Packers' offense, I feel like, is going to be efficient, not explosive. I think the Badgers' offense will be explosive. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Let's put that up as our Iron Jack poll question at ESPN Madison. What has you more excited? The Badgers offense or the Packers offense? For me it's with without a doubt it's the Badgers offense, right? Like I'm excited for the Packers, but I mean, even Matt LaFleur early was trying to temper expectations. Like you're not really getting that out of the Badgers as much. Like you don't hear the coach blatantly trying to temper expectations. He's letting the, you know, let people get as excited as they want. He's focused on the game, and so we're both both teams are in big transitions. Obviously, you go from your 
your Hall of Fame franchise quarterback to a new guy is a big switch. But but we're talking like not only are we changing coaches, we're changing the style in which we play the game here in Wisconsin. And that's something the Badger football team hasn't seen as in my lifetime. It's always been that that Barry Alvarez kind of style. The only like I guess asterisks to that was that Russell Wilson year, they seemed to be a little bit more open to throwing, but they still ran it a ton. So I just think that with one with the potential of this offense in the Badgers and where they could get to this season, I could see the Packers maybe making the playoffs, but I don't see them ever making like a deep run in the playoffs this year. The Badgers, I, I feel like it's possible. Like it might not be likely, but it's it's possible. We have the players. The, I think the talent is there on the team. It's are they going to be able to come together and learn this new offense and not have like the growing pains of learning a new offense, essentially. So I think the Badgers excite me more just because I think they have a better shot at getting farther into the season, whether that be into a really great bowl game, maybe – you know, fingers crossed, maybe they can win the Big Ten and make it into the college playoff. But I, I just I, I think that since the Badgers have a higher ceiling, I'm more excited for that offense. What about you, Alex? All right, the word's excited, which I think there is general excitement around the Badgers entirely. Mm-hmm. But after Saturday night, and this goes back to me saying, <laughs> I don't want to overreact about preseason. After that third drive on Saturday night, I think there are going to be some moments with this Packers offense where we go, holy smokes, in 2024, this team's going to be unstoppable. Um, So I I lean Packers, but I'm really excited about both. I I just think there's more, believe it or not, more mystery to the Packers offense than there even is for the brand-new Badgers offense. 100%. That's kind of why I'm more excited for the Badgers, because I feel like their floor is pretty high still. I, I agree. The Packers... They could, their floor could be in the basement, and their ceiling could be on the roof, right? Like the Badgers, yeah. I feel like I have a pretty good idea that they're going to be pretty darn good. So the the North Carolina football team, and I bring that up because that's where Phil Longo was the uh, OC at. Oh, by the way, Sam Howell looked nice last night. That is it a Phil. That is a Phil Longo QB. A Sam Howell, former North Carolina QB, the Phil Longo coached at North Carolina, but they averaged thirty four points per game last year. Awesome. Yes, that seems pretty... How many passes per game? Uh, passes per game, I don't have... Oh, yeah, they have... Uh, I don't have passes attempt per game, but I do have 310 yards per game in passing yards. <laughs> Could you imagine that? That's and like four games average, for a quarterback last The time. average uh, per attempt completion is eight yards. Their average per attempt was eight yards. So it is... The average play in general on offense was six yards. They scored 63 touchdowns last year. So, wow. Yeah, it, it is going to be an explosive offense. I think it's going to be more consistent. I think the Packers, Alex, you're right. And so no matter what kind of ride you want to have here, the Packers offense will show flashes of being like, this could be amazing. But I also think you're going to have like, you had these with Aaron Rodgers. You're definitely going to have them with Jordan Love in his first year started. Like just clunkers. Like you could have a game where you don't score a touchdown. And then the next game, you make that face, but that's not uncommon in no, the NFL. No, no. It is mind I, I blowing for Aaron Rodgers because it's like you know you're right. But you could have a game that Jordan Love scores three, four touchdowns. Like I, I think both could happen this year. I think there will be a game where Jordan Love will account for three 
touchdowns, and there'll be a game where Jordan Love does not throw a touchdown pass. I, I think both those things will exist this year. The Badgers' offense, I think, will be more consistent. I, I honestly, here's my insane thoughts. An eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Which offense are you more excited about for 2023? That's our Iron Jack poll question, but I want to add on to it. Give me an insane Alex Stroh, Luke Musgrave, going to win Rookie of the Year sort of take. I want something like through-the-roof insane for the Badgers football team. Like Braylon Allen's going to run for eight yards per carry. Like, you know, like Tanner Mordecai is going to throw for... Is that Braylon Allen one that insane? Well, I want want something... (laughs) That is plausible. Like, 2,000 yards does not seem plausible for him. I don't think he's getting enough carries. They're, I think they purposely want to spread the ball around. Ches Malusi. I'm hearing good things about Nate White, the, the true freshman from okay. Wisconsin. And then, you obviously, you have Braylon Allen. So I think they're going to try to spread the ball to those guys plus wide receivers. And I think you're going to see Mordecai based off. I don't know how athletic Mordecai is, but I think he'll run some. Drake May led the team, led who the quarterback from North Carolina. He was the leading rusher for Carolina last year. So I do think there'll be some designed runs or some – plays where Tanner, he might knock off four yards at a time, but I do think there's going to be lots of different ways that the Badgers are going to kind of skin a cat here. All right, I got, uh, I don't know if this is as bold as you're looking, but let's say I see Chimradike having 10 touchdowns and 1,000 yards receiving. That's pretty bold. I mean, uh, that's a touchdown a game, right? Yeah. Just about? Yes, and I, I like, let's bring this up. I don't know if the Badgers wide receivers had a thousand yeah, yards receiving last but year, but we got a different. This is a different. It's style not okay. Now. It's not as mind blowing as I thought it was because he had six hundred eighty nine yards receiving last year and six touchdowns. I did not think he was that close to it. Okay, so, so I mean that's, that's, that's a, a good that's a good one. I don't want something that's like Luke Musgrave gonna actually like that one is an insane take of like he's gonna win offensive rookie of the year. But Chimray DK is it's it's a bold take, but it's not like this isn't not, gonna happen. In not feasible, right? Yeah. Right. Plus, especially after him telling me that my guess of 11 wins or 10 wins was a little bit low. I like, I'm excited. I think he's going to go off this year. Braylon Allen averaged 5.4 yards per carry. So I'll, here's my bold thing he's going to average 6.5 yards per carry this year. What? 844-770-3776. Give us your bold Badger offense takes and which offense you're more excited about this year the Packers or the Badgers. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. We're going to throw some stones next. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. If you never wake up. ESPN listening. Front page of ESPN.com. Sound the sirens. Big Ten getting an offensive makeover with introduction of Air Raid, and it's Phil Longo, and I'm going to assume that looks like Braden Locke. Is that Tanner Mordecai there? 18? No, I think that's, that's Braden Locke. There you go. That's look correct. at that. Look at look at me knowing my Badger football Smart players. Fella. Matt Hamilton, who is Braden Locke? <laughs> uh, pitcher for the Brewers. <laughs> He's Matt Hamilton. I'm Jim Rutledge. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Let's throw some stones. The guys think they have the answers to everything. I'm the best there is. People like me. So it's time to put them to the test. That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This is Throwing Stones presented by Metro Kia of Madison. Madison's trusted Kia dealership. 
It is time to throw some stones here on Rutledge and Hamilton each and every day. I scour the interwebs to figure out what the heck has happened. In the last 24, I've got questions. Jim and Matt have answers. I'll score them throughout. And at the end, we will crown a winner of Tuesday's edition of Throwing Stones. Fellas, August 22nd, National Tooth Fairy Day. Two-part question for you. I know you both struggle with these, so listen carefully. <laughs> Part one, what is the appropriate amount to give a child or for the tooth fairy to give a child? For losing their tooth these days. And how much did you receive from the Tooth Fairy when you lost your tooth back in your day, Matt Hamilton? Well, the probably the appropriate amount now with like inflation, like two bucks a tooth, I think is fair. I used to get a dollar a tooth, and then I think my, my last tooth, I got uh, five, my last baby tooth. So I think that's fair. Do something along that line. Uh, two bucks a tooth. And yeah, give them five for the last one. And I don't know. Don't collect them. Throw the teeth away. Don't throw. Don't save them like some of those crazy parents that are like, I have all your baby Why teeth Why would the parents save the teeth, Matt Hamilton? They don't even have access to them. Oh, yeah, that's right. The tooth fairy. But they ship them back to some parents is what I hear. Oh, is that Just how let it goes? the tooth fairy keep them. Don't ship them back to mom and dad so they can show you their keepsakes. The Tooth Fairy, if you're curious, on vacation still makes a visit, at least for the Rutledge household. But I was, Magnolia had a loose tooth. I was flossing and popped the tooth out on accident. But she <laughs> took it, I mean, it was loose. So she took it in stride. She was excited. Right. But she wasn't sure if the Tooth Fairy going to arrive on a vacation or not. Now, the question was, like, does the Tooth Fairy bring more on vacation? But then we thought, like, hey, the Tooth Fairy was thinking, like, hey, maybe the older kid would be upset if the younger one got, you know, more money just because she lost a tooth on vacation. You might have an incident where the other one's trying to knock a tooth out. So <laughs> we were hopeful the Tooth Fairy did not, you know, give more. So it was $2. We do $2 at the Relish House. I feel like I got 50 cents or a dollar. I feel like it was a dollar a lot. Maybe it was 50 cents. Because also, like, for the Tooth Fairy, like, 50 cents a lot to carry around. See, I got them in it. quarters, though. That seems ridiculous. But, like... For a piggy bank. It just was nicer to put in a quarter. I always... Okay. The Tooth Fairy loved to drop off a buck in quarters. So, it would be a dollar bill. That's what I think I got. And the girls get two. Do you know what Brett Bielema... Do you know Brett Bielema? Yes. Yes. Tight uh, end for the Badgers. Yes. <laughs> he, uh, his, he said that the Tooth Fairy brings... Do you want me to guess the amount of money to his children? I'm, I mean, if you're if this is stuck with be, you this long, it's got to be twenty three digits. Bucks. I'm gonna say a hundred. It's twenty, but a twenty. It might as well be a hundred dollars to a kid. Like two. I, honestly, I feel like two dollars is more meaningful to a child because they know what two dollars is. It's like I can get some candy with that. Twenty dollars, especially to like a six year old. Now Rosie's old enough to understand like. $20, like it's more, but it's still two dollars is two candy bars. Twenty dollars is twenty candy right, bars. But like twenty dollars, it might as well be two hundred million dollars. They have no concept of money. <laughs> twenty dollars is so much to give to a child. And I'm that just, was uh, back when he was coaching here too. He didn't have children here. Oh, okay. Then how do you know he's giving twenty dollars? He talked the tooth about fairy. It. He convinced the tooth fairy to give twenty dollars. Talked about it on the air or on like a big time media day or something. Ah, okay. Alex yeah, should have been uh, reporting that. I don't know how I'm doing it, but. That's a hard-hitting questions, Alex Drove. Yeah, I'll, I'll get right on that. Yeah, that's. Can you do a, a series on that with all the players? It sounds like a TikTok thing. It does get Maddie on it? How much money does Tooth Fairy bring you? So, Alex, not a bad idea. I'll work on that. There you go. Thanks, Jim. But I asked you a question. How, how much, much Tooth Fairy, tooth fairy bring, bring you? you? 
Uh, about a dollar, yeah. About like sometimes ninety-seven cents, sometimes buck, buck. And even now, as do- average dollar for yeah, two. Yeah, that was that was the uh, that was the mean. Going yeah. back to our math joke. From yes, yesterday. yes, yeah. Just you know, whatever was left over from the tooth fairy went in there, but at the end, you you were made whole. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we. we. <laughs> I'll leave it out in the end. <laughs> but I've lint so- in a button. <laughs> Why is there an old tooth of mine here? <laughs> that was the other one. I love the is other one. Token to the zoo. <laughs> Baker Mayfield named the Buccaneers starting quarterback earlier today. I'm curious, who's the ultimate? He was on that team guy. Because Baker Mayfield as a Buccaneer just doesn't feel right to me. <laughs> like, who's a guy that you think of and, and forget he was on a certain team? I think you do a lot with Bears quarterbacks. I think you could. Um, Jason Campbell, former Bears quarterback. Mm. Okay, right? Kind yeah. Of, kind of surprising. Cordell Stewart, former Bears quarterback. Like, there's a decent. Ch- Willie Mays, I think, though, um, was on the Mets. Joe Namath, I think, for the Rams. Correct. There was some players that did suit up. Montana it, as a chief is still weird. Yeah, I was gonna, that was the one I was going to say. Yeah, but he was there long enough that it's less weird. Like I think he was there like three or four years. So yeah, I mean, but it was also the, like for those the people all, that weren't didn't yeah. get to see any of Montana's career. Really, I I only ever knew him as a well. Jo- so Jordan niner. Jordan on the Wizards, but like those were. So I did see this. Like they were successful to some point. Montana, like the Willie Mays was bad. Namath was bad. Like it was just bad. I think if you were to tell anybody outside of Wisconsin that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was a buck, no, most people don't. Really? Most. I think that's a very big Wisconsin thing to know, but I don't think that's super common. I think Favre as a Jet will go down as one of those. Favre as a Falcon. Favre as a Falcon for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones. So I just want to throw this out there. Just I saw this yeah. the other day and I wanted to confirm it. Michael Jordan, because in this era of like, you know, player management, and all that kind of stuff, his last year with the Wizards played eighty-two games. All eighty-two games. He was like forty-two years old or something like that. Thirty-seven minutes a game. Scored twenty points, grabbed six boards, had four assists and two steals. At forty something, pretty good. Eight, but the eighty-two games in thirty-seven minutes. Like I'm forty-three. If just to drag his butt up and down the court for thirty-seven minutes a game for eighty-two games, yeah, that alone, that's impressive, right? It's just Rand. I saw that there. I'm like, that can't be true. That's got to be like Jordan, like lore. Now he did it. That's ridiculous. But again, it's a different era. Guys, everything played he did is lore now. Nice. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty wild. But uh, are we got any more stones for us? I'll do one quick one. Just James Harden being fined $100,000 for the comments he made about the 76ers. Fair foul, Matt. Your guy. Specifically, he made comments about Daryl Morey. Called him a liar. Right. I mean, I don't know. Does does the team have grounds to find somebody for disparaging? It was the league that made the The league made that call. Well, I mean, rules are rules, man. I'm, I'm... I'm not going to defend the guy. Like, sorry, you don't like what you, you you got going on, but you signed your deal for the extension with them, and now you're trying to get out and have them move you. Like, I think James Harden is the one in the wrong in this situation, personally. Like, I, I don't know the whole situation entirely, but, yeah, I think it's totally fair for them to fo- uh, find him if that's the rules and that's the situation he found himself in. Yeah, you can't be out there 
badmouthing your team, trying to get traded this openly. It's just bad for the league. And I, I agree. Like It's just a bad move all the way around for Harden. He is really making himself look really bad. Now, the funny thing part, the funny part to me was that James Harden is like literally doing interviews with anyone. I, I swear there was like an interview with him at like a state fair talking to like a Philadelphia Burbs reporter. And he's doing the same thing, being like, nah, Daryl Moore is a liar. I want to get traded. Like literally just like running the circuit. Like, Let's get him on. I feel like, yeah. I feel like, well, I, I, Matt might have a problem with that. He's boys with Daryl Moore. Oh, but I you get Daryl like, too. I feel like WSUM <laughs> could get James Harden right now <laughs> to talk about the trade. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. I'm not going to vote for Brown with my Jason. Why are you always trying to stir stuff up, Jason? Is on Rutledge and Hamilton. I don't know if I will go as far as you will. With Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. <laughs> All right, boy. All right. Be good. Presented by Coors Light. <laughs> Rutledge and Hamilton continues live from the Everlight Solar Studio. He's Hamilton. I am Rutledge. Matt Hamilton doesn't have a lot of clothes on his chest, but he has something to get off his chest, apparently. Yeah, I, I got I got two things for Jason right off the bat. One, a comment. Two pecs? Jason, so every break, like clockwork, the second it's done, Strophy loves to go either come in here and chat with us or go out in the in the office and chat with the group. Whenever you're on next, he just sits in the booth and yucks it up with you. I literally just went to the bathroom. Oh, dude, we were just sitting here for the last, like, three minutes watching you pace back and forth talking to Jason. It's like watching, a, like, a cat in the, in, the, in the zoo pacing back and forth. You were just so into your phone call with Jason. I enjoyed it. It was nice. I, I do enjoy my 90 seconds a week I get to spend with Jason when Jesse Nelson normally works, but now on Wednesdays I get to spend three hours with him. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's awesome. He really does find you as his hero, so I think that's really cute. And now, Jason, my, my real question. Have you ever worn a tank top to work? Um, <laughs> all right, so that's Hi, what Jason. you're currently wearing. Is that what I'm to understand here? Yes. He is wearing a tank. He's going Pat McAfee. Full He's going Pat full McAfee. Pat McAfee today. Uh, not only have I never worn a tank top to work... <laughs> I gotta be honest. Like I, 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 I don't think there was a time when I thought I was in pretty good shape. Not as good a shape as uh, Jim Rutledge is, thanks to Dr. Nestor Rodriguez. But I, 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 I don't, I don't, um, I don't think I've ever worn a tank top, much less uh, <laughs> work. And then with a video component to your show. On top of it, so yeah. you must be just an Adonis over there that you feel comfortable enough nah. to do that. Curler's body. You just don't care. Just huggable. That's how I would describe my shape. <laughs> <laughs> like a marshmallow. Yeah. Just huggable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, hold on. Let me let me tune let me let me let me tune in uh, to the video stream so I can I can get a better idea of what I'm dealing with here. Uh, let me join that. Please hold. Um, I got a lot of Ben Brust reads. Oh, there you are. Uh, 
What Matt is pain? hamming it up right now with the the photo or with well, the, the photo here. The too. shirt's hilarious. My my tank top says six pack coming soon, and it's it's got a wizard carrying a case of beer. So he's chuffed with well, himself. I, I really like Robert, this. Yeah. When yeah, when uh, the the airlines lost my luggage on my honeymoon, this was the shirt that I purchased in the gift shop at the resort we were staying at. Nice. So. And I your wife immediately reconsidered her decision, or she was like, uh, this is what I married. I'm fine with this. Well, she, when I bought it, she goes, if the six-pack is coming soon, then I'm okay with it. Uh, <laughs> Cut six years many, later, oh. still working how on it. How many years ago was that? Yes, exactly. Okay, there we go. <laughs> well, uh, moving to football here, Matt Hamilton, you and Rashawn Gary share some representation on, on some agent sort of things here. Yeah, and that's true. He's your guy, and I believe, Jason, either he's – starting the ramp-up period, or he's working his way back to practice here. What's the latest on Rashawn Gary? Yeah, he did some 11-on-11 today, which was uh, a big step for him, obviously. So that that's great news. That's progress for him. Um, but, you know, uh, is he going to play 65 snaps in Chicago on September 10th? I'm not sure about that. I'm guessing they're probably going to be uh, a little extra careful uh, with him. But, you no, know, he's rip-roaring, ready to go. And it, it was a really important step for him, and so he's excited. And I actually, while the big group was around him, I was talking to Eric Stokes, who, remember, was injured in the very same game. Um, and he is still not cleared for even individual drills yet. He's still on the physically unable to perform list. And I, I think that's where he's going to start the season, frankly. So, um, you know, it, different injuries and different timelines, but um, this is really big for Rashawn Gary. I actually... Uh, was looking forward, Jim, yeah. to speaking with you. Okay. Um, because I'm okay. curious. <laughs> what? No, 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 that's not a slight on you. I back. know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no. Well, let me explain why. So we spent some time. I don't know if you guys caught the show. You can always catch on Wisconsin on demand. Presented by Group of Losses. One call. That's all. Uh, but. We spent some time talking about the the Jordan Love hype train that seems to be barreling down the tracks. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm curious if Jim, in your memory banks, you can think back, you know, sometime between 2017 to when they decided not to pick up his fifth year option. If there was a time when the hype train in a preseason was like it is for Love for Mitch Trubisky, because uh, I mean, the, the, the national folks, uh, Homer and Tony just played for me, Dominique Foxworth, who was talking about him, and Dan Patrick, and Pat uh, McAfee, and Dan Orlovsky, and, like, uh, I heard Freddie Coleman uh, talking about it. Like, look, I am encouraged by what he's done. Uh, I, I think he has been better during camp than I expected him to be. Um, I thought there would be a little more growing pains, especially in the joint practices, which, by the way, there were some huge ones, and he did not have a good practice the second day uh, against the Patriots. And quite frankly, um, he should be glad that the focus was on the skirmishes and the fights, because otherwise, if there had been no fights, I think the focus would have been on how the Patriots' defense ate his lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that day, and then he played. He, you know, uh, again, he great throw to Dobbs for the fifty-yard gain. Uh, great touchdown throw, Jaden Reed. 
Um, but he, would you call uh, that one a wild? First throw? two drives, one ended. The Jaden Reed uh, one. It was no, no. I would, I would, I would say the like. I thought his throw to Dobbs was really good. I thought Dobbs actually um, got turned around because ideally you're catching that over your outside shoulder, right. with, and you're using the your your back to kind of box the guy out, and you got the sideline on the other side of you. So that was more of a wild throw to me. It was a really good throw, but somebody, I don't know who did it on Twitter, but I saw somebody put a side-by-side of Rodgers throwing that to Cobb and Love throwing it to Reed, and it looks exactly the same. They call that a through route, um, and it was it was, it was was identical. But my, my, my question, yeah. Jim, is – I'm sorry, I started rambling there. My question is, did you, did you ever feel the hype for Mitch Trubisky? Because I'm just so taken aback by how the – narrative has turned in the span of two preseason games, which under other circumstances, we're talking about how preseason doesn't mean anything. But when it comes to Jordan Love, apparently it means the world. Yeah, I would say that there was, I don't know if it's the Jordan Love part of it. I think part of it is the franchises. Green Bay, even though it's not the same regime, has a track record of success with quarterbacks, and Chicago has the complete opposite. So I think there is a poise from national and local media in each market to be like, this guy's bad because Chicago always has bad quarterbacks, so the next one will be bad. And maybe with Love, it's Green Bay always has good quarterbacks, so this one will just be good. I would say the comp is that Mitch tore it up in regular season games. He had a great one season or a good one season as a starter, and he had really nice preseasons, which is what I point out here. And I heard you and Tausch talk about it on Monday of like, Look, physically, we know Jordan Love can do these things. We saw him doing it to Eagles. Physically, Mitch Trubisky can make all the throws, make the runs, do all those things. The issue was when, uh, to borrow from Chewy, it went from fifth or ninth grade math to algebra or advanced algebra or whatever, that's where Mitch got in trouble. Or when things went bad in a real football game that had real consequences, he couldn't bounce back regularly. And so that's the part that I think that I'm mm-hmm. waiting to see on, on Love of like, well, what happens when you actually get hit and there's actually and then people know what you're going to do? I think Tausher and you both said this. Like, Love should be really good, I think, for the first few, first few games because he'll know the offense, he'll know how to run it, and then when teams know how to scheme against them, now we're going to figure out who Jordan Love is because Mitch Trubisky, I think, in maybe his fifth game with Nagy as a starter through six touchdowns against the Buccaneers, like, I mean, then people got tape on him, and then they go, oh, no, you're solved, game over. So there's so many. It's so long yeah. for Jordan Love to figure out if he's going to be good or bad. We're not like we're at like he's like took one step out of the batter's box uh, as far as figuring out what his career is going to be. From like an yeah, expert and I, quarterback, and I player. agree. We've like literally read the, like the book leaf of the Jordan Love book. Like if his career is a book, we are not even through the intro yet. And and for me and the number of books I've read lately, that's as far as I generally get. Um, <laughs> I, I would also say this: just because I am uh, hemming or hawing or hedging or whatever Tausch likes to say, I do. I just feel like that's the responsible approach with him. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think pumping him up the way he's getting pumped up does him any favors either. Because if we're all talking about him the way people are talking about him now, and then he goes out in Chicago. And Matt Eberflus has a really good plan for him, and he plays poorly. And then he goes to Atlanta, and he struggles in Atlanta. The same people that are talking about him, like Orlovsky's talking about him, are going to turn around and pretend that that conversation never happened and be on Get Up or whatever else talking about how much of a struggle it's been 
And, uh, boy, I bet these guys are thinking, well, I wish we had Aaron <laughs> Rodgers right about now. And doing that kind of, I mean, I well, just, yeah, that's Jason. why I just, I, I want fans to, Jimmy, I just want yeah. fans to understand. I, I, I want him to succeed, and I have seen good things from him. I'm just not ready to make the profit proclamations that too many people are willing to make right now. And Jason, I'm with you on it. And uh, But the thing is, I think that's interesting is if you really listen to them, because look, they do the same thing with Fields at times too, but they all, they're all they all hedging. If Jordan Love plays like he did in the preseason, then he will be great. Ugh. Yeah. Obviously, if Justin Fields goes three for three and everyone takes every half-inch throw he makes all the way to the end zone, he's going to win the MVP. Yeah, but I, there's a lot of ifs with I, Like When you listen to the national media, there's a lot of if this is the same, if this goes right, if everything is a lot of ifs, so they can back off of it, it quickly. It is reliant on that, but I will say this, Jason, and the reason I'm so excited. Oh, he's all in. He's got him next. I'm, he's got a plaque in the Hall of Fame. I've already him. got the gold jacket fitted. No, I'm kidding. He's already got the tattoo. After seeing, Super Bowl champs. After seeing that third offensive drive against New England on Saturday, and just the excitement from it, right? The Dobbs passed down the sideline. Against their the beautiful- backup corners. <laughs> Well, regardless, you're gonna make him cry, Jason. <laughs> Matthew Judon was still in the game. I didn't realize it was the backup corners, but I, I guess I don't really care. I like one seeing, starter played for the Bengals in that game. On I'm, defense. I'm talking about the New England. I know, game. but like the previous I, game. But I, I you're just, talking about one I, drive. I'm just excited about the the possibilities, right? Zach Tom looked really good at right tackle. AJ Dillon laying down a nice block, and it seems like Jordan Love's decisiveness has improved. So, like these are all good notes to me. I. I, I I, it gives me encouragement that this offense is going to have moments in 2023 where we go, holy crap, they can be really good in 2024. You can look. You can be encouraged, Strolls. Do not allow me to take away your be the thief of joy on you once again. Because <laughs> I know I played that, that yeah. role to some acclaim throughout your life. Uh, but I, again, I, I think you have to. You do have to keep it in perspective. He's played. 29 snaps of preseason football. He's played five series. He's got two touchdowns on the board out of five. That's great. Awesome. Uh, The throw to to Dobbs was terrific. Um, I also loved what I saw from him when he got up and showed some fire after he got late hit. Because that doesn't seem to be his personality. Right? Mm -hmm. Like He's he's so even-keeled. Uh, I love the fact that he has not at any point, and God knows I've seen plenty of quarterbacks do this, he has not at any point looked completely frazzled or skittish or panicky or scared. Right? Those are all great things, and let's take them as great things. I'm just saying that they don't prove anything one way or the other. So the same people that want to say, oh, he sucks and this is an aberration, they don't have enough they don't have enough information to back that up either. I just think this is, and this is my belief, I just think that this is, we are so starved for more information on this kid that we will take whatever we can get, and we are all, and I'm trying not to be one of them, but even I've done it too. I've talked about wild throws. We are so starved for that, that whatever it is, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, we are blowing it out of proportion because we're just so eager to have something to work with beyond 10 snaps against the uh, against Philadelphia. Yeah, and Jason, I'm with you on that. Uh, apparently, Alex, don't we have to break? But yeah, I guarantee if you go into any market, 
Any player that does well in the preseason, Hall of Fame. Any player that's not doing well, it's fine. It's just the preseason. I mean, that's that's honestly what's You're happening. You're right about that. Because how's Lucas Van Ness? Is he is he bad now because he hasn't he's had flashbacks? He's just he's just young. Oh, right? It's but just like, the preseason, but it's a right? It's a different expectation for a rookie. Uh, we got, you told me versus, we had to break. Well, we can break in a second because I want to no, no, talk no. this out. No, I want to hear from Wildy. If we're going to stay on, we have Wildy on. You can hash out after the break. <laughs> but if we're going to have Wildy on, we're going to have Wildy on. <laughs> I can't wait for Jason Wildy to crush my hopes and dreams tomorrow but morning. You told me we had the break. So Nelson. I'm not going to let you run the break. It. All right, Jason, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, Matt, go back to chewing your pen with your six pack there. All right, guys, take care. Be good. <laughs> this is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. I need to pick a fight, but before that, I need to I need a drink. And if I'm drinking, I'm drinking Door County Distillery, locally produced, handcrafted, and award-winning spirits made in the great county of Door County. Gins, rums, whiskeys, vodkas, whatever you need, they've got it, and they do it fantastic. Go to DoorCountyDistillery.com. Find the retailer nearest you and those secret cocktail recipes. DoorCountyDistillery.com is the website. It's Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. I'm Alex Strofe alongside two dinguses and Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. Matt's just a dingus because of his outfit. Jim's a uh, dingus because of his take before the break. And that was essentially Lucas Van Essen struggled, the rookie. Does that mean preseason means nothing, but Jordan loves playing well, so it means something. And, and Jim, I, I think you of all people can comprehend the fact that there's different levels, expectations, right? Jordan Love's a fourth-year quarterback. We better be seeing progression and understanding of the offense, whereas Lucas Van Ness is playing his first two NFL games. So if he struggles, that's okay, right? It takes time to develop, and we saw but that you with can a make like a case, Gary. But you can make a case that all you got to do is go pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. And I'm not saying Lucas – my point is the preseason is honestly in the eye of the beholder. That – you can take out of it what you want to see out of it. Because the God's honest truth is Jordan Love has shown us nothing that we shouldn't already know. And I, I, I had no expectations of Jordan Love being trash. Jordan Love, we saw him against Philadelphia. He looks like a capable NFL quarterback who's not going to be a pee pants. They can make quick decisions, get the ball out, and let his playmakers make plays. And that is a functional NFL quarterback. That is an NFL quarterback that you can win NFL games with. That is a far cry from being a franchise quarterback, a guy you want to extend, a guy you want to commit to long term. And a guy that Packer fans will be happy with, because I will maintain this, Packer fans will not be happy with Kirk Cousins or Alex Smith. That will not feel right to Packer fans after coming off of two GOAT-level quarterbacks in their primes to go to just, eh, even if you get to the, same, even if you get to the exact same place, it's going to feel lesser because you were used to elite. And Here's the thing, it's not going to feel that way right away. Here's the thing: If I'm Jordan Love gets you a, a sniff of but I'm it, I'm talking about seasons. I'm talking about. I'm sorry. I'm talking about like a. So let's say Jordan Love looks like Alex Smith these next two years, and the Packers extend him. Okay. And now you got five years of him, and it's the same Honestly, thing. I still feel like people are going to hedge and be like, "Oh, we made it!" Like I think they're back to be like getting the NFC Championship games a big accomplishment. I, but that won't be a regular. Like that's the difference between an Aaron Rodgers and a Cousins. Like you might get there once, and then you might make the playoffs the other years, but you just flounder out. Andy Dalton, I think, is a fair comp. Andy Dalton won the division a few times. They always lost in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson, they win the division, they lose in the playoffs. You can have good quarterbacks that can't get it done when it matters. Right. 
And Aaron Rodgers at least got it done one game. Like he got you to the NFC Championship game. Sometimes two, usually only had to win one. Right. That and that that difference of like God tier quarterback play. Even last year, don't give me the stats of Kirk Cousins. Aaron Rodgers was the premier quarterback in the NFC North by head and shoulders. Like in every team would have, any team in the NFC North would have traded their quarterback for him. Right. That is not the case. Right. That will not be the case this year. Jordan Love will not be the top tier quarterback in the NFC North. By especially by head and shoulders, yeah, and especially so, by head and shoulders, and I don't think that'll happen for the next few years. So that is a that right there is a diff, you can still win football games, right? But an elite quarterback guarantees that you're always in the mix to win the division and get to the NFC Championship game. Average quarterback play gets you close, but bat can can Jordan Love overcome? Some injuries, and now he has to be the star that carries his team for four or five games. Yeah. That that is that is like a one of one. That is Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes and like a few others that can do that. Most other quarterbacks can't, including Lamar Jackson, who's won an MVP and been on the cover of Madden. He's still not anywhere close to what Aaron Rodgers was, and that's the part where the, the drop off between Aaron Rodgers. And almost any other quarterback in the NFL is massive. Even last year, Aaron Rodgers, from his institutional knowledge of the Packers offense and how to win at Lambeau and how to win. If you watch hard knocks, him picking up the grass and rubbing his hands into the dirt, throwing it in the air, talking about throwing the football, like, hey, if the wind's blowing about five miles per hour, I know to put a little bit of a backspin on it to bring it back into the wide receiver. Talking about reading these defenses. I, hey, I know that if this guy's leaning like this, I know exactly what he's going to do. I, and him knowing all of that without even having to study it. Like, it is basically in, in yeah. his brain. It's like, it's, it's almost like it's, lizard brain. So, this him. isn't about Jordan Love. This is about Aaron Rodgers was one of the greatest quarterbacks. And I can't stand him as a person, but he was one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play in the NFL. And he played for the Green Bay Packers. It's four nights of complete darkness. And if you think. That you're getting it back, maybe you will, but most likely you're getting, best case scenario, an above average quarterback, which isn't bad, but nothing Jordan Love has shown in the preseason is showing that he's going to be anything more than an above average or capable NFL quarterback. Right. Which, hell, I would say 10 to 15 teams are always searching for capable NFL quarterbacks. So if that's the case, it's not an F, not but right. it's a far cry from Aaron Rodgers, Matt. That's true, but. I'm looking forward to an exciting season. You should. I'm not taking away your excitement. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you're expecting Aaron Rodgers, you're going to be upset. Brooklyn Hamilton, uh, Scalzo and Brust up next. We're presented by Coors Light. See ya.